0: Hello, I'm Robert Hoffman.
1: And I'm Chris Panico,
0: And this is No Nonsense Storytime, a podcast where we delete the nonsense from children's stories one story at a time and get to the bottom of what's really going on.
1: You got that right. This week, we're going to be reading through Goodnight Moon by Margaret Wise Brown. Yes, we are. Now, Bobby. Yeah. Did you know that Margaret Wise Brown's idol was Gertrude Stein? I did not know that. Mm Do you know why? She just really liked her writing style Uh and was really influenced by it. Margaret, actually, she studied writing in college. And afterwards, she actually started working at a publishing company. And one of their big projects was to get contemporary authors to write children's books for them. John Steinbeck didn't respond.
0: Wow, rude. (laughs) Hemingway. You heard it here, folks, guys. Didn't respond. Here, folks, guys. You heard it here first, folks. John Steinbeck and Ernest Hemingway, rude. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'd be surprised if this is where you heard it first. Yeah, <laughs> but Gertrude Stein was like, yeah, I'll do that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. I imagine for her it was really cool.
0: Question um, for you. Yeah. Do you have a writing idol? A like, writing idol? A oh, yeah. A writer that you idolize? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Who? Neil Gaiman. Yeah?
1: Yeah, for sure. What about you? No, not really. Oh. <laughs> That's so interesting because I know you love writing so much.
0: I do. I don't have any one person that I'm like, this is the best writer of all time. Huh. Yeah. I haven't gotten there yet.
1: Definitely, definitely Neil Gaiman for me.
0: Yeah. He's so good. I think I'll get there someday. I'll find somebody. Yeah. Anyway, Good Night Moon. I'm gonna give a summary. Chris is gonna tell you what the moral of Good Night Moon is. Take it away. We start the summary. <clears throat> so there's a, a big green room. It has uh these two Bunnies in it. One's old. One is a child. The child's going to sleep. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff in the room, including, but not limited to, a red balloon, a, a picture of a cow jumping over a moon, three little bears, and chairs, etc., etc. Uh, so you you hear about all these things, and then and then the narrator of the story says good night to all of the things uh, that were mentioned, and and then you know they go to sleep i guess that's it chris what's the moral
1: so i think the moral of this story is that it's important to have a nightly ritual it's so good because if you don't have a nightly ritual you're going to go to bed with this very scatterbrained all over the place like state of mind mm-hmm. um i know i experience that all the time so yes. really what we're seeing is this young bunny is being taught to do these things to get ready for bed and to get into a nice, rested mind.
0: Yep, I, I agree.
1: Yeah. It's a good moral. Yeah. A moral I don't think enough people
0: do. Yeah. You know, I never even thought of that. I've been familiar with this book forever, and I've never thought what this is actually teaching kids, you know? Yeah, I I think that's what it is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's the point of it is... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um as far as where this book takes place, I gotta be honest, Bobby, I'm I'm stumped this time.
0: Yeah, I think this I think for this book we can say it doesn't really matter geographically where it takes place. There's not yeah. enough going on to say for sure that it's any one specific place.
1: Yeah. I tried I tried with the picture of the window and the moon uh-huh. and the stars. Yeah. I tried to figure something out with that, like, well, the moon sets sort of north or south of the west, so if it's facing this way, where might it be? But I, I, yeah, no. it could have just been the other side of the house, so I, I didn't really get too much out of that. Mm-hmm. Sorry to disappoint everybody.
0: No, I think I think it's fine. Uh we could say a little bit about the setting without talking about the geographic location on the planet Earth. You know? Yeah. Uh, It takes place. And so here's a question I have for you. I want to see what your take on is, take is on it. There's a big green room. Big green room. That's all we see. Is this like a, like a, like an apartment that's one room, you know? Mm -hmm. Is it?
1: I didn't think so. I thought it was a house because there is a part of the book where they say good night house.
0: That's true. No, no. That's the small house where the mouse lives. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, hmm.
1: It might be. I didn't think that.
0: Mm-hmm. I just feel that way because this room seems to have everything. It has the food. It has, you know, all this different art. It has presumably the two people who mm-hmm. live there. Um, it's really big. Mm-hmm. Too big to just be a child's bedroom. But we'll get more into that later. Right. I it think doesn't... we could at least agree. That the whole story takes place in this one room. Right, that's true. They never leave. Yes.
1: Although, at the beginning of the book, the, the old bunny is not in the room. No. Oh. She appears later, so it must there must be another room. Or, I guess she could have been out of the apartment if it's an apartment. But that would mm-hmm. seem very irresponsible for someone who's teaching their child right. some sense of responsibility at nighttime.
0: Yeah. yeah, another room. She was getting her, what, is she knitting?
1: She was... Well, her knitting was on the chair.
0: Oh, she's in the bathroom. That's what it was.
1: Right. She must have been, which is not in the room
0: either. Yeah.
1: So, must be more than a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah,
0: at least a bathroom. Right. All right. Let's continue.
1: All right. So, I have a question about this. Something that I'm trying to figure out. All right. Why are these bunnies in a human house?
0: Yeah, so... I do have um, a thought about that, so I'll I'll go ahead and give it to you. Okay. These are not bunnies at all. Okay. There's evidence. Um, So the bunnies, I mean, there's the obvious things. These bunnies can, like, read and write and have art and things like that, you know. Yeah. They're probably not actually bunnies. I also say that because they're the bunnies in the story, and they're human-sized. And you know this because there are kittens that are normal-sized, and... You know, Mm -hmm. have what seems to be normal kitten facilities Mm -hmm. and intelligence. There's a mouse that's normal size, and the bunnies are human size and shape. So I think that uh, the bunnies are not actually bunnies, but are in fact humans. Oh, okay. And there's some mental gymnastics going on um, to paint the humans as bunnies.
1: Okay, do you want to walk me through more of it? Yeah, I suppose I would have to. Yeah.
0: Uh, And feel free to stop me and interject at any point if you have any ideas about this, because I I am a little... uh,
1: I had an idea. It was almost antithetical to what you're
0: saying. So you think these are bunnies?
1: I did. I mean, I kind of want to hear what you have to say before I, like, commit one way or the other. sure. My thought was that they are bunnies, and this is a... Dystopic near future, where mm. bunnies have become the dominant race planet of the bunnies planet of the bunnies, right that's what I was thinking that's wild. um I want to hear why you're pretty sure it's humans. I think that makes a little bit more sense yeah, it's
0: more likely just because we've experienced humans thinking that they're things that aren't humans, we haven't quite experienced bunnies ruling the earth, the earth uh, right. yet not yet, could certainly happen. I, for one, hope it does. Same. Uh, I think they're people, and okay. here's why. So, you know, there's what I already told you, right? Um, and this sort of gets into a larger question, but I think that the story, the, the narration of the story, well, let's decide on that first. Before I get more into the bunnies, let's decide mm-hmm. who's narrating this story. There's only really two people it could be. It's either the adult, the old woman, or the child.
1: Couldn't it be a third-person omniscient narrator?
0: It could. Um, I happen to believe that it's the old woman.
1: Okay. Why is that?
0: Or third person. I think it's not the child.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. I would um, agree with that. If you look at the story, you have this reference to, and I quote, the old lady whispering hush. Now, if the child was talking the child would not describe you know the child's mother or grandmother or whatever as the old lady uh, people tend to refer to themselves as old
1: that's true that's a good point
0: you know that's that's the most evidence i really have there i just sort of assumed it was one of the two because we get good night room good night moon you know i see this sort of as a parent talking with the child sort mm-hmm. of saying good night to all of these things Um, And another thing is what we have going on in the room. The things that are in this room. Uh, You say that very ominously. Yeah, because they don't make sense, Chris. Why do we have kittens playing with mints in the middle of the floor in the same room as a mouse, which has an entire house constructed for it? Its own house, just on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know
1: right, that's true.
0: Why are they just playing there in this child's giant, enormous bedroom?
1: right that doesn't add up does it's it?
0: weird what what responsible adult would let that happen and that's that's where it comes into the question from before. The kind of responsible adult that would let that happen is the kind of adult that uh believes she is a rabbit or some sort of fairy tale creature okay um. The kittens have lost their mittens. The cow jumping over the moon. Mm-hmm. You know? There's a little mouse with its own house, you know? Like, it's personified. Right. I was saying
1: that the everything The three little bears.
0: Here, it's all fairy tales. Everything
1: is personified. Yeah. Right? Like, just the fact that they're saying goodnight to all of these things is, in and of itself, a personification of those things. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, do they see all of these things as being sentient and, yes. and alive?
0: I think so, or at least real,
1: <laughs> yeah, like warranting a good night, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't say good night to most things, right, but they seem <laughs> they seem to think that everything deserves a good night, exactly, so i i like I like where you're coming from here, mm-hmm. so if an old lady, an old person who thinks that they're a rabbit, have they dressed up as a rabbit,
0: um, yeah, I guess so, probably. Right, they're just constantly dressed, up as dressed a like a rabbit. Dresses her child. Let's just say it's a mother. You yeah, think so?
1: for argument's sake. Yeah,
0: she looks motherly to me. Dresses yeah. her child as a rabbit. Named her child Bunny, if you look at the mm-hmm. brush.
1: Yeah, I saw that. It
0: says Bunny on it. That's right. the ch- That's the child's name.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, dresses like a rabbit all the time. Dresses a kid like a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Believes that they are, in fact, a rabbit. Right. Okay, so why, why do we have these kittens and these... This mouse running around. Like why does the mouse have its very own house?
0: Well, do you have any ideas about that?
1: Well, I guess if they're bunnies if they believe that they're bunnies, mm-hmm. they probably feel more um in tune. More in tune with animals. Yeah. More of a a com camaraderie with right. them, you know. A kinship. A kinship, that's the word I needed. Yeah. Right. I got you. So they they probably feel more responsibility for them than humans might. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, we do have humans that have cats for pets and mice for pets, but i have never seen an entire tiny house that has been constructed for a mouse.
0: That's true. It's a little overkill. Mm-hmm. I believe, and like I said, the little kittens who've lost their mittens, you know, whoever this person Sometimes. is, she's taken these kittens and put mittens near or on them to create oh. this fairy tale scenario. Right, they. That own... she seems to be obsessed with.
1: They own those mittens. The yep. mittens belong to the kittens. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. The cow jumping over the moon picture, the three mm-hmm. little bears and Goldilocks. I'm saying there's a lot of fairy tale imagery going on in this house.
1: Right. Yeah. So sort let's... of like
0: an obsessive kind of, you know, want to create this reality in the home, right? Kind of thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. You're right about that. So. Why don't we dive deeper into the source of that? Like, where's it coming from?
0: Okay. Like, well,
1: let's explore Yeah. this person, the I'll, mother.
0: I want to say something that may have something to do with the source that I haven't quite figured out that maybe you could shed some light on. Sure. What's that? Okay, so this story is broken up into a, a first half and a second half, basically. The first half is listing the things that are there. the second half is saying goodnight to the things that are there, right? For the most part, those things are the same. Uh, One very notable exception that I find to be very interesting is goodnight nobody. Yeah. This comes between comb brush and mush. So if I'm going back to the first half of the story, the comb brush and mush part says, and a comb and a brush and a bowl full of mush. It's all one line. The second half The comb brush mush part goes, good night comb, good night brush, good night nobody, good night mush. What that tells me is that nobody is referring to the absence of a person there to eat the mush. Mm -hmm. You know, why is there mush just sitting out? Who is that for? It's for, and I quote, nobody. Okay. Yeah. Who is this nobody? Is it somebody who's disappeared? Is it somebody there's a longing for
1: it could be it could be so i want
0: to hear your thoughts
1: so this actually reminds me of our first episode when we talked about um where the wild things are Mm -hmm. and max disappears and we you know we learn that his mother leaves dinner out for him every night you're right so this could be a similar situation maybe there was another child that disappeared Um, what
0: if this isn't just a similar situation if it's the same one this is the same one yeah That's
1: what I was thinking.
0: That bunny's not a child; it's an actual bunny. That Max's mother got to replace Max, (laughs) and (laughs) that's why it has its own brush. That's why it has its own bed. (laughs) (laughs) It could be. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. I'm saying
1: it's a stretch. I think we should
0: acknowledge (laughs) that it's a stretch. It's a stretch. If Please continue. <laughs>
1: if for no other reason, if we look at just the design of the houses in the two books, I mean, we...
0: Oh, you think so? Because I don't. You want to know why?
1: Because the first one was destroyed?
0: The first one was destroyed. Right, but it was rebuilt. It was rebuilt. Exactly. Exactly my point. But,
1: but the room that we saw in the rebuilt house looked just like the ones before. It's true we don't see the whole house. But there's a very consistent, like grayish color scheme in that book, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it is a different house. Don't. I'll let you have it. There is something going on with this house, though. Right.
1: Believe me, I want it to be Max's yeah. family.
0: Yeah, we got to get rid of the nonsense, though. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. nonsense. Not today. Yeah.
1: Get out of here. Yep. Um, but it could be a very similar situation where yep. another child disappeared. Oh, it must be. Or Maybe. Something it could be a situation like another child couldn't be conceived oh yeah or something I not like that i know that's kind of a heavy topic it
0: is but, but it could be that something going on for it, sure
1: it could be any other like missing family member or or pet maybe maybe they had a pet rabbit that was like really important to the family
0: and then when they lost the rabbit she named the child bunny right and in remembrance
1: became
0: and became mm, a bunny Yeah. That's it. Right. We discovered it, folks. If you're listening, we just had an epiphany together.
1: It was really beautiful. Yeah,
0: it was a beautiful moment. I think that's definitely it.
1: Okay. So, the rabbit must have died before Bunny was born, just because that would make sense for why Mm -hmm. she named it Bunny. Yeah. And she probably had, like, gone into this Bunny life before Bunny was born.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, you know, there's the house built for the mouse. There's, this room is pretty set up. Another thing uh, worth noting is if you look at the picture of them sitting in the room together and you look out the window, you see stars. And then the very bottom part of the window, you see the moon. Yeah. Which is odd. The moon is above. It should be higher. Right. Um, Especially
1: it's not a high window
0: right exactly and it couldn't be high enough to to be above the moon so i was i was i thought about that for a while and i realized one way that for sure makes sense is if the house is built on an angle so when you look out the moon you're sort of looking so that
1: room is like angled up
0: yeah that way right so you're looking up and then the moon would be at the bottom of the window assuming you're standing could be level with the ground
1: do you think that has any significance to the to the bunny stuff i think it could
0: that you could, uh, because the moon, if it's obscured, allows you uh, to... to Now, or this book is called Good Night Moon. Right. Right. And the moon that they're saying good night to in the book is not the moon that's outside the window. It's the moon that the cow's jumping over in the picture. Okay. So maybe this bunny, has, I mean this human that thinks she's a bunny, has sort of convinced herself that... The stuff that she's put in the room is like her own little reality that she lives in to escape the pain of losing, losing her you rabbit. know, seeing the real moon that reminds her of her real life where that, where her rabbit's gone. But seeing the fake fantasy fairy tale moon reminds her everything's good. I'm safe here with my bunny child that I love
1: <laughs> and
0: we're fine. Yeah. And I'm making mush for nobody and nobody loves it.
1: Yeah. She she's just created this entire world that is filling a void. Yeah. Like kind of blocking that situation away. hmm Kind of a bummer. Yeah. Rough for her. Yeah. But I think
0: that I think that all tracks. I think it does. Makes a lot of sense I to me. I think we got rid of the nonsense. Do you think is there anything else in here that's striking to you?
1: No, no. Not it's really. a
0: short it's a short read uh it's pretty simple yeah for those listening this was not an easy book to do (laughs) this is definitely our hardest so far yeah definitely yep but i think i
1: I think we did it
0: we did it for Um, sure we did
1: and i think i think there's a new moral to be found in here absolutely and it's that if you have pain you don't have to deal with it. Oh you no. You can just get out of here. You Chris, come on, we were so close.
0: Don't tell people that. No, here's what it is. You have to feel that pain. You have to. You know why? Because there are other people in your life depending on you. Yeah, the reason right. you read this story and it rubs you the wrong way, I mean, it really doesn't. But if you're reading it the way that we just did, it rubs you the wrong way because this poor child This poor child is going to grow up thinking that they're a bunny, you know? You yeah, no, that that's people. real jacked up. Feel your pain, okay? Yeah. And deal with it. And look at the moon and move on.
1: <laughs> yeah. That is a much better yeah. moral. I mostly just wanted to say that, that was, you no. can become bunnies and yeah. not worry about it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I mean, that. you know, it's true. You can. I there, might. There's a moral there. You can choose not yeah. <laughs> to. You can keep running. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. You shouldn't, but you you sure can.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, I-, I think that's all we got for Goodnight Moon, huh? I think that's it. Thanks again for listening to No Nonsense Storytime. I'm Chris Panico. And I'm Robert Hoffman. And next week, join us while we go through Dr. Seuss's There's a Walk it in My Pocket.
0: I'm excited. Me too. Uh, you can... Email us at no_nonsense_storytime at gmail dot com if you'd like questions, comments, suggestions for which book we do next. We'd really appreciate some of those. Yeah, we really would. <laughs> we just spent like twenty minutes talking about which book we were going to do next before deciding on There's a Walk in My Pocket, which I am excited about. Okay. Uh, like us on Facebook.
1: Find us on iTunes. On
0: iTunes, right? If you if you haven't listened to us on iTunes yet, it's really great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So we'll see you next week.